Live from State Street in the heart of Chicago, you are listening to the new home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago. And this is Carmen and Yurko, WMVP, WSHE, HD2 Chicago, a good karma brand's radio station. Time to swing. I mean, this is swingers, you know. Of course. It is time to swing. It's huh? beautiful outside. This is lovely. Carmen and Yurko with you. I got Thursday. shorts on. I got I shorts on today. Do. I don't know if the Twitch people have seen it, but I do have shorts on. Today. I almost thought about just ditching the jacket today. Yeah, I see you still have it. Though. I brought it. That's the one but, that heats uh, up, right? Yeah, this one. He, this is my field chair. You, Black and Abdallah. You special. Can, right. You can put that one on. Oh, I don't, yeah, yeah, I didn't you heat it don't up today. need that today. But you've got the option if you need uh, it. I, I took the train today, and I'm walking, and I'm like, man, it almost feels like you don't even need it. Yeah, take the morning train. Beautiful. So I'm digging this. Yeah, it, it was the morning train. Yes, Beautiful. it was the morning. You know they're extending the South Shore out to uh, Munster and to Dyer, Indiana, out by I, Maine. I know. So that might become an option for me in five years. Good. Yeah, they, they're talking about a five-year completion thing on that. Maybe they started a year and a half ago or something. So it might even be uh, a little bit closer than I believe it is. Put the train into play, kid. There's yeah, nothing wrong with that. But they should take it all the way to Lowell. Well, I don't know what they're waiting for. I don't, I don't know. know what they're waiting for. Yo, know, if you're going to do this damn thing, let's do it right. If you're going to do it, do it right. I'm yeah. walking this morning thinking, I don't even need the jacket. That's beautiful. Yeah. It's uh, absolutely glorious out, so that's nice. We've made it to February. We are here. We are a little over a week away from Super Bowl 58. And we'll start getting into it a little bit more with Todd Furman later today, live in Vegas. Uh, we've got a couple of visits left as he's one of our great guests every football season. He has been for years. He joins us every Thursday at about 135, so we look forward to that later on. Crosstalk with Waddle and Sylvie at 2.30. We'll play McKnight at the movies. And we got a lot of NFL, some NBA to sprinkle in today. Uh, uh, no more coaching openings. The vacancies have all been filled. Dan Quinn got the job in Washington. He, he did. He's the new commander's coach. Bill Belichick is out. Mike Vrabel is out. Mike Vrabel is out. Eric Bieniemy is out. Yep. The nary a candidate for any job this year. Does Bill Belichick get one of the five to seven jobs that opens next year? Does or, is, does nobody wanna, or does Vrabel, right? Does nobody want to hire Bill Belichick? Which, <sighs> I go back and forth on this. Like, part of me sees it because if you sit down in a room with him, I just can't imagine what it's like. Like, it's got to be arduous. It's got to be ponderous, man. Ponderous. But he's also Bill Belichick. I don't think he's football stupid all of a sudden. I understand the argument to be made for having the benefit of playing with Tom Brady as his quarterback for so many years. Give me the great player over the great coach any day of the week. I understand that, but he still has a pretty impressive resume. I think he's one of the great defensive game planners and schemers of all time. Yeah. I think he's one of the best ever at saying, we're going to make you beat us left-handed. And his defense was always good. Always, Even this year, always, his defense yeah, was his good. His defense was good this year. I always think he can good. coach and teach defense. So, like... Part of me goes, well, can you imagine interviewing that guy? And especially if he starts telling you his big picture plans about Matt Patricia and Joe Judge, I could kind of see, like, if I were an owner, I'd be like, whoa, wait a minute, Bill. But then at the same time, like, he's got a pretty impressive resume. I don't know. It's Listen, a 72-year-old candidate isn't sexy for anyone. Uh, maybe that's I'm part sorry. of it. The only the only sexy candidate he becomes part of is the is the team that he's with because he's done it for such a long period of time. Maybe you're right. But if I'm going out and I'm looking, am I looking for the seventy two year old 
former genius that doesn't look like he's got anything going without Tom Brady? Or am I looking for the 40, 42-year-old guy that I can see coaching this team for the next 10 years? Nobody hires a coach thinking, I'm only going to hire this guy for about three, four years, then I'm going to fire him and get somebody else. No, nobody's doing that. Mm. So if you've got a 10-year plan, do you see Belichick coaching until he's 82? No. Do you see him alive at 82? <laughs> no, yes. but that's a very, le- yeah. you know, that's a very real thought process if I'm hiring somebody. He would beat average. Yeah. So you're right about that. You'd be on the other side of the that's national right. average. So, that, I, mean, so I guess say that, that, that's a part of it. So your current team is still viable. Because now a, you're just adding a year onto your legacy. To another team. Yeah, to another team, I'm looking 10 years in the future. Well, there's no way in hell Bill Belichick could be my coach. And that's, that's sad wow. news. Sad yeah. news. Same thing for uh, Pete Carroll. Hey, it's been three years. It's yeah. been okay. Hasn't been fantastic. Uh, we need uh, we need some new life. We need new life. Be an odd way for those guys to go out. You know, it it's stinks, just like yeah. And the first thing I great be, coaches. First thing I'd be doing is be filing the age discrimination lawsuit. <laughs> I know you. First would. thing I'd be doing. I know you would. I'd be on know. the horn to my guy right now to Rolex Law Group. <laughs> Boom! Let's get this done. I'm being discriminated with age. You're so litigious. Let's make it happen. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's why we love the Verdoliac, uh, Verdoliac Law Group. They're That's all over right. it for you. Yeah. So a combination of those things, maybe. Just he's, he's older. He's an awful interview because he sits there and mumbles and talks about bringing Joe Judge with him. And people are like, never mind. We'll go with uh, the younger candidate. So Dan Quinn gets the final job. All the vacancies are filled. The Bears have filled out their coaching staff. We hope for the best with that new crew. I, I, you never know how this is going to work out, especially with our beloved Bears. We've sat here many times over the years. Oh, what a, what a creative. That guy's really creative. And look what he did here, here, and here. And that's a great hire. And then three years later, we're like, God, he stinks. And, you know, they're changing coordinators again. They're changing coaches. I don't know. I think Shane Waldron comes with a good reputation. I've been a fan of Shane Waldron since he was with McVeigh when he got the Seattle job. I thought that was a good hire by Seattle. I'm sure they were relatively pleased with what Shane Waldron did when he was there. So I think it's a good hire by the Bears. Who the hell knows with this franchise? Just looking to maximize the talent that you have. That's what you're looking to do. Yeah. That's what coaches do. Maximize talent that they have. So we'll see. Bring the best out of the individuals that you have. Get them performing as a team. And maybe the sum of the parts. You know, the sum of the parts. The totality of everything uh, makes it better than they actually are. Not That's wrong the main that. job of a coach That's what you want to do, and a yeah. coordinator. Right. I was uh, reading. I got a head co- coach sets the atmosphere, sets the expectations. They set that. They tell you what the goals are. They tell you how we're going to get there. And then it's up to the coaches, the individuals to make it happen. The name that's popped during the Senior Bowl practices this week and we the games this weekend. Popping name, right? The name that's popped on defense is a name we've talked about. The UCLA kid. Yes, indeed. Yeah. And Big Z, Brad Biggs in the Tribune has a pretty good story uh, about Leatu Latu. Leatu Latu. He's an interesting study because a couple of years ago, it looked like his football career was over. Right. Started at Washington. He had a neck injury. And doctors at Washington deemed uh, it unsafe for him to continue his football career. He got a second opinion after a surgery. He found himself. And there was some stuff in here that I didn't realize. It's a good piece by Big Z. He found himself recovering much quicker than what they had originally mapped out for him. And he thought, like, could I play? 
And he went about the business of seeking some second opinion, of other opinions. I yeah, say yeah. The, the opinion that said you're going to be okay to play. And sure you enough, find it. Until you find it. Well, yeah. listen, and, and this will maybe be that red flag that you talk about for certain organizations where they look at it and they say, look, the kid's talented. Undraftable. But undraftable. Yeah. He had a neck injury, and it looked like he was done with football three yeah. years ago, four years ago. But he started playing again. He's been a healthy, durable player, knock on wood for the kid, at UCLA. And he's been one of the great stories in that conference the last two years. Now, there's some, you know, there's always questions, right? Like, how strong is he? Like, how naturally strong is he? His arms are a little bit shorter. It's all stuff that, like, you would say, don't go nuts with one thing, but just keep it all together and make your evaluation. You know, he's, he's got relatively short arms if he's going to be coming off the edge. And he might not profile as the kind of guy that... Eberflus tends to like, but he's really been a great story. But I was reading Bigsy's article about him, and something a stat that he gave, a stat that he gave, jumped out at me. And when we talk about the Bears, and when we complain about the Bears, which we do often, let's face it, most of it is about this franchise's inability to find a quarterback, and rightfully so. But a lot of our focus has been there, and at times we'll also talk about their lack of. You know, wide receiving threats over the years, offensive linemen. You know, maybe Braxton Jones is it. But who's the great, who's the last great O-lineman the Bears really had or drafted and had? And probably Jimbo, right? Maybe Olin, oh, maybe. Olin Kruitz is Olin. a third rounder. I think Olin Kruitz was a stud. Let's maybe go with baller. tackle. Like, who's the last real great tackle they found? Well, Blake Brockmeyer, they got in a trade. Right. They did get a trade. I believe Blake Brockermeyer was a trade. I think that's right. Ruben was a trade. He was a free agent signing, if I'm not mistaken. Wasn't Ruben he? Davis out of Buffalo? Ruben Brown. Brown. Wasn't yeah, Ruben, Ruben a free Brown. agent? I believe so. Chris Williams was a failure. Gabe Karimi was a failure. Uh, Charles, Charles Leno for a seventh-round draft choice. Not now, bad. hold on. Not bad. For a seventh-round draft choice, played solid offensive tackle for you up until the moment you had to pay him. Played in the league a long time. Yeah. You're right. Still playing. Washington. Yeah. I think he's still playing. He is. Yeah. He's still playing. Yeah. So, I mean, he's in there. For a seventh-round draft choice to be able to play that long, he probably should have been a second- or a third-round draft choice. Mark Colombo had a Good career, just not with the Bears because he had a devastating knee injury. He went down to Dallas. Right. And I believe he continued his career down in Dallas. And, and, you know, he played a while and he had a pretty good career. James Big Cat Williams. Yeah, Big Cat was okay. And he was a defensive lineman, drafted, converted to an offensive lineman. But I feel like we've spent so much time over the years lamenting the fact that, man, they've missed at these key positions. Like, they really haven't drafted and developed a left tackle in forever. Like, not a dominant one. They 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 haven't really done well with receivers over the years. They've done terribly at the quarterback position in terms of drafting and right. developing those players. And so I feel like well, your frustrations at receiver stem from your inability to find a quarterback. Probably because Curtis Conway to me was a stud. Yeah, he was good. He was a stud, and then he went on to San Diego, I believe. He was a talented wide receiver. Uh, may have played in the the glory days of what quarterbacking was in Chicago. Because you had guys thrown for 3,800 yards at the time. Right. And that was the best. They were putting up some big totals, right? Early 90s? Uh, mid-90s. Mid-90s, mid-90s yeah. Mid to late 90s. So maybe this is more of like a me problem. I sort of I gravitate towards offense, and I'm like always wondering about the failures of the offense in terms of what you're drafting and developing. But I, I say all that just to set up the fact that as the Bears look for a complimentary rusher, an edge rusher, let's yeah. say, to Montez Sweat. A guy coming off the corner. Big Z points out, in the last 25 years, how many Bears draft picks at edge 
went on to have a double-digit sack season for the team. Well, it was never Alex Brown. No. Uh, Mark Anderson. That's one. Mark Anderson. Yep. Had this 12 is the last sacks. 25 years. His rookie year. Yep. He had 12 sacks. Julius Peppers was brought in here a different way. Free agent. He, and not, not drafted. Um, Adewale Gunle was brought to brought, this team. Brought to this from, team from Miami. Trade. Yep. Um, Peppers, Adewale. I'm thinking about edge rushers Phillip coming up. Daniels was a free agent. Phil Daniels was a free agent, right? So you're you're on the right track. Like yeah. most of the answers that they've had at that position over the last 25 years have been guys they've acquired via free agency or a trade. Right. There are only two. You got one of them, Mark Anderson. Mark Anderson. And God love him. Sylvia and I used to have a good relationship. Rosie Colvin. Rosie Colvin. Rosie Cracklin. Boom. Rosie, get on board. By way of Purdue. University of Purdue, right. Rosie Colvin, and he had the hip injury. Now, a few guys have been drafted and have gone on to other teams, like Leonard Floyd's had a right. double-digit sack season sure. a couple a of times. The Bears in the last 25 years, Yurko, Monsters in the Midway, have drafted two edge players to have a double-digit sack season for the team. Mark Anderson, I, I hate to say it, was just kind of a flash in the pan. Mark Anderson you know, running, like, rushing the passer as a Fred Dean-like uh, third down, second and long, third and long guy was fantastic. But when you asked him to play the run, then things got slowed down. It slowed down the rest of his game. When you could pin your ears back and not worry about the run and just go after the quarterback, yeah. and that's your only responsibility, life's easy. When you become a three-down player and you have to play the run, Life, not so much easy anymore. Mark Anderson and Rosie Colvin. And Rosie had a nice career. He left pretty early on for free agency. He went to New England. He picked up a Super Bowl ring with the Patriots, if I'm not mistaken. But that's it. So there's another position where, you know, they've filled in the void with some really good free agent signings. But that's, you know, it's never like Khalil Mack. That was a trade. It's never like position A. If you can draft those guys and develop them and keep them. That's really where you want to live. And they've had to fix a lot of their pass rush issues over the years with free agents and trades. And it was, I, I mean, I, I don't know about alarming, but I read it this morning. I was like, man, damn. Yeah. That's just, it's not a lot of guys for a team and a franchise that you normally think about. It's, it's great defense. Rosie was a two-time Super Bowl champion. He won two with New England. He won two. Okay. Super Bowl thirty-eight. In Super Bowl 39. He was part of the back-to-back. Yeah, the Rosie. back-to-backs. Rosie was a good dude. Yeah. 312-332-3776. If you want to ring us up, talk Bears draft. If you've been watching some of the Senior Bowl practices, and how closely will you watch the game this weekend? I mean, it doesn't have Caleb Williams. doesn't have Drake May, but Sam Hartman's there, and Michael Penix is there, and Bo Nix is there, and uh, there's a lot of good receivers that are there, and I've been putting it on an NFL network in the morning to catch, out, uh, to catch up on... Uh, the happenings there, Siciliano and Daniel Jeremiah and Charles Davis have been doing a good job bringing you the latest from the Senior Bowl. So if you want to talk Bears, you can ring us up. Got some Bulls thoughts for today. We're a week away from the trade deadline. We'll talk Super Bowl 58 prop bets and what the scene's already like in Vegas with Todd Furman when he joins us live from Sin City at about 135. It's Carmen and York. We'll be right back. Zoning out on that Zoom meeting? Zoom, 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 Zoom. Find out what Carmen and Yurko were talking about. Tell your smart speaker to play ESPN 1000. We have auto show tickets to give away. We gave away a four-pack of tickets yesterday. We have another four-pack today. Yesterday, we asked a very simple question that uh, any car enthusiast or gearhead would know. What is the correct ignition timing on a 1964 
Bel Air Chevrolet with a 327 cubic inch engine and a four barrel carburetor. That's pretty easy. That's four degrees before top dead center. TDC, as we say. Uh, in the industry. Yeah, my buddy Joe Remke from uh, Remke's Garage up north in beautiful mm-hmm. Woodstock, Illinois, mm-hmm. uh, he guessed 8 degrees. Ooh, 8 degrees. Now there's too better. much space left in that cylinder yeah, uh, uh, for uh, 8 degrees. He was showing it out there. Four he degrees. That's why I don't work on old cars. That's what he said. That's <laughs> why I don't work on old cars. That's awesome. My man. That is awesome. I played college football with big Joe Remke out of uh, Remke's Garage. The part about that, like, was he being totally serious? Yeah. The best is that he's a real mechanic and yeah. so good with cars that he was pretty close and we're doing a movie line. <laughs> that, that's the, he didn't realize that. And he's like, yeah. I'm going to guess four, eight degrees. That's incredible. I, I love that. I think at some point he realized we we're doing a movie maybe line. Maybe he did. Yeah. So, of course, that's my cousin Vinny. We had some fun. But I do have a trivia question for later today where you could once again win auto show tickets. And it's not about posi traction. Once Don't the, worry. Once the Super Bowl is over. Then we get on trivia. We did Unhinge today. We did Unhinge is back. Crosstalk Unhinge is back. Yes. It's going to be released. Check it out at your earliest convenience when you have time. Mm-hmm. Carm asked me an interesting question in Scent of a Woman. <laughs> when Colonel Frank Slade is going on his soliloquy and he sends out regards to the other three idiots that were involved in the fracas. What were their names? And he goes, what were their names? I I, and that is a great trivia question. It is a good trivia question. And I had to go through some monologues, find it, but I did find it and I gave it, shared it with my good friend so he could have it and he can continue on his imp- impersonation. When the... Season is over, like Yurko said, after uh, next Sunday. That's when the silly season we'll starts. We'll do some silly stuff. Yeah. We should fire up station trivia again. Black is, you know, the current title holder. He is a title holder. I have the championship belt. Yes, he does. I, I suggested that we continue on, and oh. no one wanted to partake. Oh, you know, I'm always up for it. And if it weren't for a stupid music question, I... Yeah, I could have had Chris, but he he got the two music questions right, and I got them wrong. That's my, the way it works. My, my favorite part about you is Ever that clear. things are stupid only when you get them wrong. I know. Right? I know. Like, like the stupid. technology quiz the yeah. other day. The stupid. questions that you got wrong were stupid. Absolutely. It's not it that right, you didn't know it. It's just they're stupid it questions. Right, it's not stupid. It's that stupid that. music <laughs> trivia that sunk me. Damn it. And who, uh, who's Danny's favorite band that he always uh, would put in a Pearl Jam? Question? No, but he no. used to always put Radiohead. Radiohead. It was just every time we did a trivia thing, Radiohead was featured for one reason or another. Nobody knows Radiohead. Radiohead. No, a lot of people know Radiohead. I'm kidding. I'm just Radiohead. Just kidding. God, I hate Radiohead. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know if I'm necessarily the best at trivia. I think I was the best at getting inside of Zetterman's brain. That's Mm. right. And, And guess what? You went through the process. You made it through the tournament. You ended up on the belt holder. You are the champion. This yes, is the way the world we, works. I think we need to we fire that up again. We all had an equal opportunity to get to the top. We didn't get there. It you was fun. did. We don't it do as fun. much. Uh, He's a champion. We don't. Yeah, Chris is the belt holder right now. We don't right. do as much trivia uh, as we used Not to. Not like we used to. We used to do a oh, lot. Oh, man. Well, you know, the phone's here. Used to be you really had to know something. Mm. Now information's so accessible. Well, you can remind yourself something very quickly, like I did today. Yeah. Trent, Harry, and the other guy, whatever his name was. I don't even remember. Yeah. I forgot. Trent, Harry, Harry something. something. Yeah. yeah, Harry something and Trent. It's so good. Blank you two. Blank you two. Yeah. I think it would be funny if we, we had like a trivia contest that was out at a bar. I would love that. Where people could come watch. Maybe we do teams. Maybe I know that Barstool cool. does that, so I'm not stealing their idea. I'm giving them credit. Yeah. But like, it, it would be cool to do like a family feud style game. Oh, yeah. Where 
pair, you know, different shows pair up. Feud. You know, yeah, and then do it by show. I want to yeah, do it by like, show. Like, wouldn't that be fun to have the the shows <laughs> well, all together? I want the winner on my team. That would be fun. <laughs> that would be fun. Like, if we, as a fun event, yeah. we, you can get a listener to be paired up with us. The and top we do, hundred fire, right, yeah, or yeah. like people, people just come out and watch. It'd be a fun, uh, you know, like yeah. it'd be a fun evening. I'd be down for that. It's like we interviewed the t- uh, one hundred firemen. And the top answer to this question right. is, yes. what do you call your hose? Ding, 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 ding. Frankie. You know, <laughs> something like that, you know. I think that'd be exciting. I think I'm already yeah. excited. Yeah. Really yeah, wouldn't that be good? Yeah. We interviewed 100 proctologists. Proctologists? Proctologists. And their answer <laughs> to this question is, no, I'm not going to. I'm not going to go. Yeah. But I like but the idea. But it's out there. I like the idea. I like the idea of that. Yeah. That was nice. I think yeah, it's it would be a good event during uh, the non-football season, perhaps. Yes, yes. Absolutely. You couldn't do it during the fall. You're right, Chris. I mean, that would be a fun, like, Fed silly March, season. The silly season. It's April, coming up. Yeah, like silly season thing, you know? All summer. Yeah, we got well, all June, summer. July. All Listen, all but summer. by July, we'll be pretty, like, we'll be ramping back up into Bears. Yeah, right. You know? The minute the Super June, Bowl is June, over. June. June's good. June. June's good. Ah, we, June. go, June's we, go into, we go into baseball predictions. Yes, we will. No. Well, we 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 won't be doing well, that. Yeah, if you you're more than welcome to do that. Yeah, you guys that. Can if you want to cover that for the station you by all means. Rookie of the year. Yeah. You want to do all I, that crap. I don't know what the expectations are for both baseball teams in town. I think they're I well, well, you know aren't, they, the aren't they still waiting for the hot stove to, to heat up? You know the expectations yeah. on the yeah. south side. I don't think the they're going to be very good. The hot stove is still out in the backyard. Adam sent me. Everybody's at the smoker. Nobody's at the hot stove. You know what I'm saying? I'll read this real quick. The hot stove is the thing of the past. It doesn't exist anymore. You know, uh, somebody must have maybe gotten to Jerry Reinsdorf and said, uh, last year was pretty bad in terms of PR. Right. Jerry, you know, the time you were on the panel boasting about... Out in Arizona? Yeah, boasting about the fact that you can't rob the consumer blind anymore because the RSNs have gone away and people are cutting the cord. Maybe a bad look or the time... uh, Time you said you just have to be close. You have to have the appearance of being competitive, and that's it. The time, you know, reporters wanted to talk to you about the free fall that was your organization, and you stood there smoking a cigar in their face, even though it's not allowed by city ordinance in the stadium. But, you know, of course, you're Jerry Ryan's. Even though you're outdoors? Yes, you can't. You cannot smoke. Can't smoke in the stadium? No, you cannot. Even though you're outdoors? No, you cannot. That happened to me in Cleveland. Yes, it did. She told me to put it out you after I celebrated you, the World Series victory by the Chicago Cubs. 100% cannot. I, I that just, doesn't I, stop Jerry from puffing out his $100 I, I just, stick. I, I looked at her and I said, God, they must be paying you a lot for yeah. you to care about me smoking a cigar. But um, that's fine. I'm going to let my cigar out because yeah. I want to follow the rules. And I didn't want to get kicked out. I wanted to be able to yeah. celebrate. Yeah, you yeah. did the right thing. Yeah. So. Uh, but nobody's going to tell the boss man that. Nobody's going to tell the yeah. chairman that. So maybe. But thank heavens when my buddies wanted to get into game six. There was an alert young lady that wanted to pocket three hundred dollars yeah. and decided to let the boys in when they gave her three hundred dollars cash. Right. Yeah. Now some people know how to do it. Right. And work the system in the program, and others do not. Let's see what else was there. Oh, then there's the story that was leaked that he's meeting with the mayors of Nashville. You yeah, skipped. Some, you skipped a step. You skipped uh, well, the, well he, the, the the gun incident. Well, no, 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 no. Oh, okay. Not even that. Okay, you skipped the when gun. he laughed at at paying that much money for Shohei Otani. No, oh, you did. Oh, oh yeah, I did. Shohei Otani. Thank you. When there, he laughed and said, "We're yes, not going to be there, doing that." There's another one, Adam. You're right. Yeah, when yeah. he when he basically uh, just uh, told you to go pound sand that uh, they'd never be in on Shohei. How can I make my money if I give it all to Shohei? You know, so maybe someone finally like. uh 
<clears throat> Mr. Chairman, we have a hard enough time as it is. Yeah, let's turn the beat around. Nobody likes us. Yeah, let's maybe turn the beat around. And go so ahead. maybe finally go? some good PR. Adam sent me this story <laughs> this morning. The, the new theme song of 2024. <laughs> and now yeah. Connor McKnight yeah. with White Sox White baseball. Sox. Turn the beat, beat around. around. That's it. I mean, there's what's more positive than that? That got me moving. Democratic leaders That's in a the toe tapper. Illinois General Assembly have met with related Midwest, the developers, and talks with the White Sox to build the new stadium on the vacant loop land known as Lot 78. The next step in the process is looking very different than the path the Bears have taken in their request to get support for a property tax freeze uh, in Arlington Heights. The Sun-Times on the 17th of January first reported the Sox were in serious negotiations with Related Midwest. Related Mid- Midwest met with Illinois House Speaker Chris Welsh of Hinsdale on the 24th, while Illinois Senate President Don Harmon of Oak Park held meetings with the developers on the 25th. Developers did not ask for state money, but instead said... They want the Illinois Sports Authority to be granted authority to rearrange existing bonds. Now, again, like Yurko talked about this yesterday, you could conveniently move one to the other, but they do seem to be presenting this as a, we are not asking for anything more. We need the tax on the hotel to stay in place to pay for the new bonds. Sure. But we are not those, going those to be asking anything that additionally. One, hey, those taxes that one day were supposed to disappear. Right. Those might not disappear. They never disappear. Now, you, you're probably right about that. Once they tax you, they don't want to undo it. They don't want to undo the tax. They don't want to Can we do that. live with that as Chicago slash Cook County residents? You're still, you still have a publicly funded stadium, though. Yeah, through a tax it, on the hotel. It, it, it's still publicly funded. Do we give him any credit for not asking for anything else? Or no? No. No credit? Okay, no you deserve credit. no credit. May God have mercy on your soul. Exactly. No, billionaires award, should uh, award you no points. build their own stadiums. Okay, all right. I was checking with you guys. So forget it. I award you no points and may God yeah. have mercy on your soul. Nothing. <laughs> you deserve nothing. Right here. Hey, it's Connor McKnight bringing it to you from U.S. Comiscular Guaranteed Rate Field. All the fun's happening. The Chicago White Sox. These kids can play. Wait a minute. Join the Len Casper, comma, we hope. Pedro's here. He's ready. They should, right. These kids can play. Can you imagine What's they dust this? off a 20-year-old Little slogan? Disco, Luis. Little Disco. They already de- oh, they yeah. demolished Disco on the south side a long time Ooh. ago. Yeah. Maybe they made a mistake. Maybe bring it back. Bring Donna Summer back. Bring, uh, Come who on. sings this? Is it Donna Summer? Who sings this? Vicky Sue Robinson? Vicky Sue yeah, Robinson. Oh, yeah. Vicky Sue. Wait, maybe a little Gloria Gaynor? I'm telling you, Carm. That's what we need on the south side. What do you think, Adam? Coming up to I, I think Connor's going to sound fantastic with this. I think so, too. This should be. This should be the theme. Uh, yeah, turn the Here comes around. the boom. Yo, I'm Here, with here the comes the play. boom. Oh, he's hurt. All right. Bring us up at 312-332-ESPN. We'll be right back. Working from home? We're back in the office. Don't miss a minute of Carmen and Yurko. Just ask your smart speaker to play ESPN 1000. There's a story during the NFL season. Was, uh, if I'm remembering correctly, it was a Thursday night game. It was because we were out the next day on a Friday for a football feast at a Buffalo Wild Wings. That's right. The Thursday night game. And uh, By the way, we need 18 of those this year. Yeah, I'd love them, Football man. feast. I love them. You and I love, I love to them. get out and about town. You'll remember this, though. Uh, Joe Burrow was injured. Nothing was said about it before the game, but video surfaced afterwards 
of Joe Burrow pregame wearing a brace on his wrist. Yes. Got knocked out of that game. And there should not be any hints of impropriety or fudging with injury reports, especially when you are in bed now and all the leagues are with, with gambling, gambling yes. uh, with sports books. Yes. The league did nothing. And I was surprised by that. The league investigated and said, nope, nothing to see here. And I was surprised. I thought they'd make an example out of the Cincinnati Bengals. I was wrong. They did not. The NBA is not messing around with the Philadelphia 76ers. And if you recall, we talked about this earlier in the week. Chris brought this up during rivalry week in the game in which Joel Embiid did not play against the Nuggets in Denver on Saturday. He hasn't played in Denver, I believe, since 2019. I think he's only played two career I looked it up earlier in the week. He's played two career games. Now, again, he, he only goes once a year. You know, you got to remember that. They're an Eastern Conference team. They only play in Denver once. Right. But Joel Embiid has played, what, seven seasons now? So seven uh, yeah, out of... Right. So two out of seven. He's only played two out of seven trips. The first two years he was in the league, remember, he was hurt. So I think it's seven seasons for Joel Embiid. Seven opportunities to play in Denver, York. He's only played twice. Right. right. And Chris had said stars have for a long time have kind of ducked Denver because of the altitude thing. Like, they don't play in Denver. They don't play in Utah because of the altitude. Right. But here's the thing. And Mike Malone was upset about this. And Mike Malone didn't for one second think Joel Embiid was faking it. Joel Embiid appeared to get hurt the game before in Indiana. He appeared to get hurt in that game. Okay, fine. Mike Malone wasn't upset about that. Mike Malone was upset that they were under the assumption until like 20 minutes before the game, 15 minutes before the game, that Joel Embiid was playing. And Mike Malone sounded off afterwards. And the league did conduct an investigation. And the league has fined, did you guys say 75K to Embiid and the organization? Is that right? To both? Just the Sixers. Okay, just the Sixers. Okay. Yeah, so the they can't Sixers. find the player. They just find the player. Okay, thank you. I wanted to just double check. 75 grand for the Philadelphia 76ers is really nothing. I mean, that's a 75 cents to us. I mean, I get it, but they're still making it look like something because they said this is not okay. This is not right. Right. There are protocols, there are situational. Advantages slash disadvantages to the other team. Somebody gets information, the fact that he's not going to play, that gets out there. All of a sudden, you get weird money getting bet down on the Denver Nuggets. But it's also not fair to anybody that backed the Philadelphia 76ers thinking Joel Embiid was going to play because out of nowhere. Because he plays Jokic well. Right? He does. He does play Jokic well. When they play against yeah. each other, he had a 40. Joel Embiid usually has himself a game. He had a, what? He had that monster, he had a monster game. game. He had like a 40 something game, like yes. a 40 20 game against them. And, and right? they beat yeah. the Joker in Denver. Yeah. So it should not be allowed to go unpunished. And I'm glad the NBA did something about it. Joel Embiid is hurt. He is. He got hurt again in Golden State. I don't know. Well, he got fell upon. Well, yeah, yeah, you got fell upon. And, uh, the Golden State is a, a different injury. It is a yeah, different injury. It's an MCL yeah, it's, it's sprain, it's I knee. believe. Yes, I, different injury. But I'm saying, like, I, I don't think is he. I don't know. Maybe he is. Who the hell knows? I think over the last week, Joel Embiid has suffered two legitimate injuries. Okay, tried to come back, play against Golden State the other night, couldn't finish the game in the fourth quarter because he got rolled up on in his knee. Right. He's going to miss the threshold. He's not going to be able to win back-to-back. That's like a different argument, but we'll get to that in a second. I'm glad the league took it seriously enough 
whether he's hurt or not, which I think he is, whether he's ducking teams or not, I don't know that he is. Whether they're practicing, you know, they want to continue to practice their load management with him because they, 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 they're fearful that he won't be healthy come playoff time. The league has been active in making sure that the chicanery doesn't happen. I was surprised the NFL did nothing with the Joe burrow Bengals situation. But the NBA has acted. This 65-game thing is really starting to become a big talking point. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton is going to potentially lose $40 million. I saw that. $41.5 million to be exact. That's not a million-dollar bonus. No. It's $41.5 million. In all likelihood, Tyrese Halliburton is going to miss out on a $41.5 million bonus because he is going to be ineligible, in all likelihood, for the all-NBA teams because he's not going to make the threshold. As Woj pointed out on Countdown last night, this was collectively bargained. Yes. This always gets into, like, Yurko can talk about the finer points of these unions and who they're protecting. Woj was making the point that for the overall health of the union and for the big pie, the big pool of players, these rules would help because it would force the stars to play. The ratings would be better. And when they go to renegotiate the TV deal, it means more money. And because the split is almost 50-50 NBA and players, owners and players, that the players' union said, okay, if I'm Tyrese Halliburton today, I'm like, what did you guys do to me? Because Tyrese Halliburton's not ducking anybody. And he why, had a would hamstring you, injury. why would you agree at 65? It's 80% of the games. Uh, I, I mean, that, that seems like such a weird number 17, 17, 17. It's 51, it's 68, 68, 82. Ah, it's a lot of games, Carter. It's a lot of games. It's such an overcorrection to the problem that the league was facing the last couple of seasons yeah. where players were resting. The is this problem, an unintended consequence, Chris, the, that they didn't think this they were is the problem with? that Popovich um, created? Yes, it is. We'll I, get to that. Greg yeah. Popovich well, created yes. this it's problem. It's that and the Clippers. Yes, the, the, the Clippers, Clippers are, yeah, with yeah. their two stars who seemingly for like four years never played. They played 55 games a year, um, right? I don't know. Like. Yeah, I would say so because I don't think when they were sitting down and trying to figure out a threshold, like they really thought about the grind of a season. And like what what happens is we could have the debates about Embiid and MVP that missing out, but what you're pointing out, Carmen, is the most integral piece of this is that um, the the levels of the All NBA first, second, and third team affect the contracts and, yes. and what guys can play and what they can make at the max yes. deals. It triggers escalators and, in their and, max And deals. so, yeah, like, I, I think what's weird about it is you can have a player who's battled an injury but is playing in all the games that he can actively play in, and he's going to miss out on this stuff. And, like, it, it's weird to me because who would suggest that Joel Embiid this season isn't the best player in the league? <laughs> I know. He's the best player in the league. Tyrese Halliburton is having one of the it's awesome. best years for essentially like an unknown player in the league. Like he's going to be a starter in the All-Star game. Tyrese yeah. Halliburton for yes. the Pacers. He's been incredible. Like it's a great story, but he might not qualify for first team All-NBA or second team All-NBA because he might not hit the threshold. It's just weird. It is. And and what's funny is based on what Woj was saying last night, uh, if you follow the story... It's not like this is necessarily helping the league's case with their new TV deals. Mm. Have the, the ratings been better? Have they? I don't know. No. 
uh, it's not to the point where you you hear these stories that television partners are, are salivating over over this new deal. See, Every story that I've seen in the last month has been that the league needs to brace itself because mm, there's the partners be a market correction. Yes, boy, and the players right. like and, did the players misevaluate this then? Exactly, Ooh. exactly. Wow. That that the new deals will not be as as lucrative lucrative as they expected them to be because you can name it the streaming wars, uh, eyeballs wow. just only on football essentially for yeah. for live sporting events. Wow, it's uh, this is kind of a fascinating thing what's happened here, and I don't know that anybody anticipated we'd be talking about it this much, but it is like. It's like a powder keg right now for the league. And I think for the people that follow it. And Yurko talked about Pop. When Pop started this, I doubt that Greg Popovich ever thought it would come to this. What Greg Popovich was doing at the time was looking at his team of slightly older players who had played a million minutes. Right. Because they made deep playoff runs every year. Right, Yerk? Like, yes. They played 70 games a year. They made deep playoff runs every year. Duncan was old. Manu was old. Parker was old. And all Greg Popovich did, being smart, was like, we got to find some nights if we can to steal some minutes here. for Like, to, to rest. To them. rest. To steal rest. Yes. To steal some rest. You know, like, to get them some built-in rest. And because Pop started doing it, everybody copied it, and it ran amok. The Clippers went haywire with it. Kawhi simply refused to play and basically dictated policy to every team he's ever been on. Can't do it anymore. Kawhi's playing now. And the Clippers are great. And shame on me for not having a Clippers ticket for the first time in three years. This looks to be the year to have it. I don't have it. Yeah. Which pisses me off. I should have known they were going to have to play because of the new rule. But you had players dictating policy and and everybody tried to copy Pop, and I don't think if you asked him, he'd ever say, "I don't think he would." He would tell you, "I didn't intend this. This right. is not what the vision was. Right. This was not what the plan was. This was me trying to put my team in the best situation to win come April, May." Because my players were old and they played yeah. a million games. Yeah. Because they went to the finals or the conference finals every year, every other year, and you know, like they and they were old. And they still have back-to-backs. They have less four and five nights. Right, they uh, do. But they still have back-to-backs, which you know hurt teams as well now. And, and what people usually point to and the early adopters of resting was like the air travel. Mm-hmm. Like that really affects what they're looking at with this stuff. And like that's where they would find spots where like guys wouldn't have to get on the plane and go. Right. They would say, just stay back and we'll just handle this two-game trip in Florida against Miami and Orlando and... Right. We'll see you in a week. The change in air pressure, they yeah, say, is like, not as good for the body and for yeah. injury. So, yeah, they like they were smart about it, and then it went nuts, and the league's forced to put in some sort of a rule. I mean, you imagine, oh, my God, you know, to, to be the old man barking at the clouds. I mean, like, can you imagine when we were growing up watching basketball? Like, if they well, it, it's also, in, like, totally different, a, right? It, like, it, like it uh, I, I saw a graphic the other day that showed that Jordan played X number of seasons where he played 80-plus games. Right. And it's like Jordan's prime was only 13 years. 13 years. So, like, yep. the difference is because of the better health and uh, athletes are just better today, they're playing much longer yes. careers. 
They right? Are. Like Duncan, Parker, yes. Manu, they all played way past the 13 years that Jordan played. Yep. So I would imagine if Jordan played into year 17, 18, 20, he would not be playing 80, 81 games in yeah. a season. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like that's where it's a little different than the culture that was late 80s, early 90s. A dozen or so years, you used to be like, that's an amazing career. Yeah, you'd get to about a dozen, maybe 14. Now guys are, oh, 17, 18, 20 seasons. So it is different. But uh, all of a sudden, this is being discussed at a at many levels, I think probably more than people thought it was going to be. And if you're not a particular, if you're not like a huge fan of the NBA, you but you love sports and you follow sports, you might be hearing about this for the first time right now going, wait, what is this and what's happened? I know we got some calls, so I know we keep procrastinating. Let's get back. Let's hop out and take some phone calls, Yerk. Uh, NBA stuff. I do coming up after one. I'll read you some stuff from Casey's mailbag at NBC Sports Chicago. Casey Johnson, who covers the Bulls, about what might happen over the next week. Trade deadline in the NBA is one week from today. Are the Bulls going to stand pat? Are they going to trade anybody? I want to read you a few things from Casey's mailbag today. We'll do that after one three one two three three two ESPN. We'll be right back. Listening to Carmen and Yurko. If you miss something, get the podcast on the ESPN Chicago app. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. It's crazy how many games Tim Duncan played in the NBA. I'm you know, looking at it. Just to what our point was from earlier about how things have changed. Guys get to play longer because they are generally just regimens are better, right? Science is better, health nutrition's better. Guys probably take care of themselves throughout the course of their career a little bit better. Michael's first 11 years in the league, Yerk. Interrupted by a a year-and-a-half break for baseball. Yep. Including the playoffs, okay? Michael averaged per season, those 11 years, he averaged 82 games per season. Remember, Michael's first couple years, they didn't win many. They didn't win playoff series. You know, Michael lost, I think, his first nine is that right? He lost his first nine playoff games, I think? 84-85 his first year? Uh, yeah, 1984-85, yes. They didn't play a lot of playoff games early, okay? So he only played a couple of playoff games those first few years. So right. first 11 years, regular season and playoffs, Michael averaged 82 games per season. Tim Duncan's first 11, he averaged 90 pl- uh, games per season. Right. They were better early on. Duncan, you know, came into the league in a little slightly better situation. He was a, you know, walked into a team with David Robinson. They won right away, and, and he was just great. I mean, Tim Duncan is like, you know, a top 10, 12, without a doubt, player sure. of all time. So, you know, he played a lot. And so that's it, it just gets back to why Pop started the whole thing in the first place. And I don't think he ever imagined that it would, you know, that it's X number of years down the line, the league was going to have to get to the together with the players and be like, all right, we need to put a minimum in so that guys know they can't just sit on the bench and load manage. Not that there's any scientific or medical data that proves it works anyway. Like, Pop, I think, was just like, hey, let's try this. These guys are old. They've played a lot. Like, man who's, man who's old. Tony Parker's old. Tim you know Duncan's when a old. player looks lethargic. You know when a player looks tired. You know when you got to steal him a day. Yeah. That you know. Yeah. I mean, your eyes tell you that. You know. There's nothing like concrete in the data that says they won't get hurt if you, you're, you load manage. All right, let's take some calls, whether it's Bears, NBA, after one. I'm going to read you some of that stuff from uh, the mailbag from KC at NBC Sports Chicago. Nick in Norwich. What's up, Nick? 
Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, so, obviously, everyone's talking about the field situation ad nauseum, but I'm thinking about the, the, the second pick in the first round, and the Bears are most likely going to cut Eddie Jackson and Cody Whitehair. But this is a weird draft because it seems it's all QB and wide receiver heavy. Um, so if they believe Braxton Jones is the solution at left tackle, is it possible that they trade down from eight if possible and maybe get another no. second-round pick and then potentially take, I don't know, maybe the top safety in the draft? Or, mm. I mean, if they don't figure something out with Jalen Johnson, would they possibly move on? Because I'm trying to think, what are they going to do at eight if they're not taking a tackle? Nine. They're, nine. they're, they're at nine. Oh, they, nine. Yeah, Nick, no, they, they could. I mean, I, I think they might like one of the wide receivers. Who knows? But could I see them moving to get back into the second? That's not crazy, Nick. I don't think they would do it to take safety. I really don't. I, no. don't, I don't either. Now, he if always anything, does if the best player. but you, you try to find your best center at that point. He's big on best player, but, man, a safety seems, yeah, I don't know. And Jalen Johnson's not going anywhere. They've told you that. That, like the GM yeah, wouldn't say staying. that if yeah. if Jalen Johnson weren't going right. to be, he's here. not going anywhere because you can stop him from going anywhere by simply giving him a franchise tag. That's like the safety net, and I don't think they wanted to get to that. And Courtney Cronin was telling us that yesterday. But you're right, Yurko's right. They've got a safety net, yeah. and the general manager is on record publicly saying Jalen Johnson is not going anywhere. So they're not losing Jalen Johnson. Danny's in Schaumburg. What's up, Danny? I, I'm just thinking, I got a Sox point rant, but with that acoustic therapy, what do they, uh, they like strum a guitar to it, or yes. what, what do they do? That's exactly what they oh. do. You're, you're hilarious. Um, take, take that to Zanies, okay? <laughs> hey, don't forget Tiffany Waitresses. <laughs> hey, why, why do the White Sox need a stadium? I was there last year. The place is great. Uh, you want to make the team a, a game changer, irrelevant? Put a good product on the field, Jerry. That would help. Are you kidding me? And the fact that this Illinois General Assembly is even entertaining this, uh, hello, they got a town of Dixmore that, that's having third-world water problems, and they're talking about stadiums. Are you kidding me? Yeah, go rant, Danny. Thank you. Yeah, why do they need a new stadium? That stadium's not that old. Uh, it is a good stadium. The renovations they made are good. The upper deck is still, you know, if you're afraid of heights, it's a tough place to be maybe. You know, um, it's not that bad. They cut, oh, they cut they, off what ten rows up they there. They did, but it's still. Have you been up there lately? Like I tried not there to once go a couple up years ago, and it's like, man, it is awfully hard for me to get past there. the suite level up there, Carm. I know it is a great stadium. It is. I think they could do more with something closer, with closer proximity to downtown. More? What? They getting better players? They're gonna, well, that's they the finally going to spend some money on a player first and foremost. Yeah, come on, we know what's going. That's on That's only here. happening when Jerry sells. The Let's team. not pretend like we don't know what's going on here. Well, yeah, just to line their pockets more. Exactly. So that Jerry never has to still, so he can still laugh and never Jerry's spend a hundred million on a player. Jerry always makes money for his partners. Yes, remember yeah. that. Hyman Roth uh, always makes money for his partners, and evidently Jerry does too. We're back in two minutes.